0: You're listening to the Oil & Gas This Week podcast with Mark LaCour and Jake Corley. This is the show for busy oil pros who quickly want to keep their finger on the pulse of the industry.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Oil & Gas This Week. You're listening to episode 128. What's up, Mark? Jake, it's fall in Houston. It's below 90 degrees. I know. I actually had to wake up and put a sweater on this morning, but then as soon as I got to lunch, I was absolutely just drenched in sweat. So I don't know what's going on.
0: That's Houston Weather Force, right? It's the only place I lived anywhere in the world where you run the air conditioner heater in the same day and you think that's normal. (laughs) I know. Yeah. So before we get into the today's show, I want to talk about reviews. If you want to support the show, the best way that you can help us support the show is leave us a review. Leave us a review in iTunes. It takes all of a minute or two. You can do it from your mobile device now. We've had some great reviews, Jake. First one, great weekly recap with interesting topics by SBHL from the USA. A fantastic job with the podcast improvements. Sometimes the volumes on the mics are completely different. Yes, we know. So we're working on that. Actually, this show should come out perfect future suggestions it would be nice to have a variety of podcasts energy finance economics new technology geopolitical news uh that's in the works we we have some new podcasts (laughs) coming out it's
1: funny he mentioned that yep great
0: review so thank you very much next one by this is a great name Petrosource rex from the usa high quality (laughs) podcast very well researched show love the content keep up the great work i look forward to the next episode and then finally pumps me up i love that from Alien654. I love this podcast. Mark and Jake do a great job of keeping up to date with the latest technology and news going on in the industry. Their perspectives get me excited for what the future has to bring. And you know what? Alien654, we're excited for what the future has to bring in our industry. It's it, Our industry is moving and shaking. There's a lot of change going on. Jake, I'll be doing my 2018 predictions in November sometime. So we'll, we'll look at some of that for the future. But now is the perfect time, Jake, for us to jump in the news stories. What you got going on?
1: All right, first up Ryan Zinke announces the largest oil and gas lease sale in US history. So uh, the Secretary of Interior, uh, Ryan Zinke, which I just now found out today. I don't know why I didn't know this before. He was actually a uh, Navy SEAL commander. I don't know. Do you, you know that? No, I didn't know that.
0: Good for him. Good for I, I mean, I love having veterans in our current administration. It's awesome.
1: Yeah, I just did a quick Google search and like turns out like he wrote a whole book about it. He was I think he was on the team that commanded capturing Osama bin Laden and a couple of the other like big missions and stuff. So this little side note. Anyway, so he announced a proposal for the largest oil and gas lease sale in U.S. history, totaling seventy nine or seventy six point nine million acres in the Gulf of Mexico. Which we talked about this a little bit before, but I think now it's actually coming to fruition. So they're offering them lease sales in federal waters and lands, which is you know obviously one of the biggest things that the Trump administration can do to show that it is supportive of the oil and gas industry. But also, like we've talked about, even though it's opening up the lands to more offshore drilling, will the The cost of offshore drilling really prevent these operators from actually taking advantage of this opportunity.
0: Yeah, so and you're absolutely right. If if it doesn't make fiscal sense, nobody's going to drill. It's going to depend on where. And I actually did a little bit of research on these leases they're offer. They're both deep water and on the shelf. The shelf right now is economically viable, so I think you'll see some those leases being picked up. I think you see some drilling going on. The real catch twenty two is the deep water leases, right? If you're an operator, do you take a chance and get this deep water lease that? What's going to be below market value because nobody else is gonna want to bid on it and then then you're sitting on something that may make you some money if the price of crude keeps creeping up or do you not bid on it knowing that it better off taking your capital and spend it either on land or in shallow like uh, the the shelf area so it's be interesting how this turn out I do tell you this much though those deep water leases aren't gonna go for what they historically go for
1: yeah I'm, I'm curious what the what the cost of actually uh, acquiring one of these leases and actually holding on to it for a little bit longer and seeing and seeing if we can Possibly get to a little bit of a higher oil price. Maybe it makes more economical sense. I don't know. Yeah, if anybody so has all, any
0: insight on that, right in, please. Yeah, please. In, in offshore, Jake, in the Gulf of Mexico, you can't just buy the lease and sit on it. You have to actually go into. You have to go out and start drilling. You have to go spud the well and start showing really? some progress. Okay. Yeah. There, and I don't remember what the rules are, but if you don't do that, that you end up losing the lease and it goes back in the pot to be sold again. So you can't buy it and sit on it. And there's a time limit, too, and I think it's 10 years. I think you have to make some efforts to, to actually go into production within that 10-year time period. Yeah, Jake Tri, If anybody out there knows exactly how that works, let us know so we can get this story straight. But this I, still, from a political point of view, I think it's awesome that the current administration has opened up land for more exploration and production. It's just what we need.
1: Also, if anybody has any insight on how like, companies actually participate in like, a, a lease sale such as this one, please write in and let us know. I'm kind of curious, just for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, and surely one of our listeners has a bunch of expertise around this. So yeah, uh, what's next, Jake?
1: Cool. OPEC's newest member looks to raise oil production. So OPEC's newest member, Equatorial Guinea, is seeking to lift its crude production after smaller oil companies acquired stakes in offshore oil fields operated by the U.S. Hess Corporation. So they are the newest member. They're also the smallest producing nation that's part of the cartel. Their current production is at 141,000 BPD in September. I'm not really sure what they're trying to increase it to. The article doesn't actually say, but it's such a small amount. Do you think it's really going to make a difference? This is interesting. So, you know, the benefits of
0: joining OPEC is that you help stabilize prices and you can do longer term or hopefully you can do longer term forecasting of your country or companies in this case countries revenue stream. If I was a small country that has small production I don't, I wouldn't join OPEC. I think I'd rather bring it to the market especially where uh, Equatorial Guinea is there there's a there's a need for for liquids for for oil. So it's also interesting that Hess sold this operation to the uh, Equatorial Guinea Cosmos Energy. That tells me that Hess is looking to get out of parts of the world where they're not making as much money and take that capital and spend it in places where they can make more money. Very interesting, very interesting that they actually joined OPEC. There must, you know, there's some political ramifications back there that I quite honestly don't know what it is. It also lets me, makes me want to believe that OPEC itself is out there looking for new members, like maybe get incentives for uh, countries and national oil companies to join because they see the writing on the wall, of the destabilization of, of OPEC with the production of the US coming online and also, you know, the production of Russia as well. So it's let's keep an eye on this. There's more to this than just a small country joining OPEC and buying some operations from, from Hess. There's something else going on in the background here. I don't know what it is, but we'll figure it out eventually.
1: Up next, is the Permian boom coming to an end? In this latest piece of evidence, we're kind of seeing that Permania, is what they're calling it, might be easing, might maybe causing shell drillers to throttle back on their aggressive uh, drilling in the Permian. So, I guess one of the biggest pieces of evidence that we've seen is that shell companies have spent $5 billion on land deals in West Texas in the last six months, which is a fraction of the $35 billion spent in the prior nine month period. And so, a lot of people are saying that this became overhyped. It kind of became a bubble. And now, what everyone was saying was these low production costs is actually reversing. Production costs are actually shooting up. The price of land, labor, oil services, rigs, so on and so forth. And it's not quite as economic as people are are, are saying. Yeah, and there's
0: some truth here, right? So we've been talking for the last year about how we think at the very end of this year, the service companies are going to get the upper hand, and you're starting to see it happen right now. They're hiring again. The cost savings that a lot of operators talked about in the last. Two years were not real. They it was squeezing the service companies and making them take low or no margin deals, which then decreased the cost of the operators. And there and, and yeah, I know everybody, there's been a bunch of work to actually really drive efficiency, especially on land. And, and we've we've done that. We've but what's happening is there's now inflation going on with the service companies on land in the US. There's not enough people, parts, and pumps to go around. So the service companies now are being able to go back and go, we're not taking this low margin deal, but you need us. You have to take a what's a fair margin deal. So that's going to drive some loss of production in the Permian. But the Permian, if you have a good operator that understands the geology there and they have good acreage, Permian is still an incredible place to make money, even in this, you know, lower crude price environment, which I didn't check today, but we're, we're pushing 60, we're pretty close to 60 or, uh, right now. And yep. if that number, the upper 50s, lower 60s, a lot of people can make really good money in a Permian. So I don't think the boom is coming to an end. What I think's happened is we're starting to stabilize where it makes business sense operators come in make money not excessive amount of money and not losing money i think the the booms is going to turn into more of a steady growth pattern as we move forward in time there'll be new technologies new processes to help drive down costs in the permian the service companies will be able to make money you know people start hiring again so i, I think that that huge sh- streak straight up the permians went through for the last 18 months i think it's just gonna level off and have steady healthy growth does that make sense
1: yeah. Another one of the yeah. points that the the article made was that uh, Pioneer Natural Resources, which is one of the one of the premier top tier operators, you know, in the Permian, they've kind of reported a higher expected gas to oil ratio, which was raising a lot of alarms for investors. And there's a lot of anxiety around the fact that maybe there's some production problems actually in the Permian. They also reported, they had a couple train wreck wells, but they assured the investors that they had solved the problems. But if you look into the article, each one of the solutions to those problems was another $400,000. Yeah, but you know, Jake, that's just the industry of of operating the
0: shale plays. You you overpressurize a well when you're fracking it and you lose the wellhead or it damages the, the... casing or you know i mean there's just you don't get it right 100% of the time but the biggest thing is the the larger companies like pioneer they learn right so so the more they do it the better they get at it and they're already really really good at it so you're always going to have a percentage of your wells that go bad it's just the nature of the industry when you're you know if people don't know this in the shell plays when you're drilling and going to production it's like a factory. You want to get as many wells and ground as possible, as many horizontals drilled as possible, as many them as possible, and you move everything on to the next one. When you're in that type of mentality, when you're factorizing the drilling of wells, you're going to make mistakes. And what you want is, is that percentage of mistakes where you have an issue with the well. You want that to be as small as possible, but it's, it's, it's going to happen. So good article. Do I think the boom is coming to an end? No, I just think it's leveling off. We're going to have steady,
1: healthy growth. Good. All right. Up next, we talked about oil prices. I think, like you said, we're we're approaching sixty, if not already at sixty. Uh, this next article is talking about the traders are betting on a hundred dollar oil in two thousand eighteen. So we know that you know most oil and gas industry executives are preparing to to live in this lower for longer environment. You know, really setting themselves up to to profit at fifty dollar oil. But there are some investors who are betting pretty big for two thousand eighteen.
0: Yeah, I don't see it now. If if, if conflict serious conflict breaks out in the middle east which is always a possibility we may go above 100 in 2018 but it will be a temporary spike if we don't have a conflict in the middle east you know we're going to see oil i, I still you know i haven't done my predictions yet but we can see oil stay below 70 dollars a barrel for the for rest of 2018 the future i think that price is gonna actually start dropping back down long term wise i think we're in a steady 55 to 65 five dollar a barrel market 2018, I do expect prices to go up, but not to $100 a barrel, not unless there's a a pretty significant conflict in the Middle East. If that conflict happens, though, Jake, it's going to really change the dynamics. What will happen is Russia and the U.S. will capture that market share that the Middle East loses, right, because of the conflict, and we just won't give it back. And so that will – greatly accelerate the destabilization of opec and i'm pretty sure saudi arabia knows that so they're doing everything they can to keep any type of big conflict from breaking out knowing that it will just accelerate their their loss of of, of control over the cost so don't see hundred dollars a barrel i'm sure there are some traders that are hoping I'm, there's a lot of people that work in our industry they're hoping that we hit hundred dollars
1: a barrel next year but i don't see it happen. So speaking of conflict in the Middle East, we've talked about this a little bit uh, last – well, not last week. That was a couple weeks ago. went over the last time we were actually talking about news articles, not the first Friday Q&A. So there is that – the new oil crisis is developing in the Middle East. And we've talked about this before over in Iraq between I think it's the Iraqi government and the Kurds, I believe. And I think some military forces just moved over and took the city of Kirkuk. I think that's how you pronounce it. And I think it just took like 450,000 barrels a day off production or off, off the market. Yeah. You know what's interesting about this, Jake? You don't know this. I have an expert on that region and the oil
0: and gas industry that reached out to me. He's stationed in Paris. He's, I'm butcher's name. It's Yasser Al-Malik. He's an expert, and I'm trying to get an interview set up on the show for him so that he can share his knowledge and expertise with our audience. Because I struggle with understanding what's going on there because it's so complex. And to, so to have somebody reach out to us and want to volunteer and share their expertise is awesome. The problem is, Jake, I, I actually had him set up to interview this Saturday, and I forgot to put it in my calendar. So I'm driving, and my, my cell phone goes off says, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm on Skype ready. It's like, man, I am so sorry. I didn't put it in my calendar. And he was a very good sport about it. So I have that interview lined up. We will get him on the show because um, I really want some insight in this because it's such a complex interrelated historical issues over there. I mean, you have yeah. all the different tribes that really don't line up with, you know borders you have all the different sects out there you have the different geopolitics that's going on out there you know everything from the Iran nuclear deal to you know desert storm all that stuff plays in this and it's gonna be cool to bring, for us to bring somebody on the sh- a show that can explain it to all of us <laughs> including myself because I I just I get lost when I when I start looking at everything from the sanctions that we do and some of the stuff that our Congress is starting to do and I'm not sure it's the right thing so we'll keep an eye on this and like I said we have an expert that's gonna come on and help help us all, including our entire audience, uh,
1: understand what's going on over there better. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Awesome. Let's move on to the next one. We'll come back to that. So like Mark said, we'll talk with, it, uh, with that guy here soon. Up next, UK oil and gas costs to rise 100% if Brexit fells. Uh, the UK's embattled oil and gas industry might have to tackle a twofold increase in trade cost if the separation from the European Union takes place under a no-deal scenario.
0: Yeah, so so I see this a hundred percent. Maybe not a hundred percent rise in cost, but I can see the cost going through the roof. And you know, I think Russia. I'm, I don't think I know. I know Russia sees this coming. They're putting a lot of money. They're putting a lot of cash and building a lot of pipelines to be able to get their gas uh, to different parts of Europe, knowing that they're if they can get the transport in place, they can get the infrastructure in place. There's more market for them to grab. The other thing that you don't they don't talk about in this. Article: but They should is that Germany uh, had a bit of an issue. So Germany had a program, I believe, it was called Innerwind, where they were, were moving almost trying to move almost totally to renewables, and and it failed basically, and it failed for a variety of reasons. But what end up ha- happening is when the renewables couldn't supply the electricity for the for the people and the governments and the companies in germany they had to build more they had to build more cold fire plants to fill in the gap which just increase air pollution not decrease air pollution so the solution to that is to bring natural gas in from somewhere in this case russia to take those cold fire power plants offline and retrofit them so they burn natural gas which is much much cleaner than coal while germany works on its renewable program to actually make it economically viable so there's a bunch of market out there if brexit fails you can see a big uh, increase in trade cost, And if they, if it doesn't fail, you're going to see the cost stay about the same. You know, if the oil and gas in, in the UK, just in the UK has an unfavorable Brexit exit, it could see, you could see costs go up, you know, 30 to 40%. When you go up that much, all of a sudden you're not economically viable in a market that's, you know, below $60 a barrel for, for crude. So, There's a bunch of stuff that's going on here. The other interesting thing is to watch the operators in Europe. You know, so what is BP doing? What is Shell doing? And BP's worked really hard to cut costs in the North North Sea, and I think they're doing that so they can play either side of this, which would make sense. I mean, as I'm, you know, truth be told, I'm a shareholder of BP, and I want them to be thinking of things like this. So, regardless of what happens, I think both BP and Shell. Part of their their cost cutting measures is so they can absorb some of this if the Brexit deal goes down. So, I don't want to get in the politics of Brexit because it's all over the place. But it's it's an interesting time to live in Europe right now. We'll see where this
1: thing goes. And I think that about wraps it up. Do you get anything else for the stories this week? No, I think this is good. It's um, but I tell you what, we do we do have a winner, Jake. Yes, we do. Brian Broussard, production engineer
0: at ConocoPhillips. You're this week's winner. Yeah, congratulations, Brian. You have won this awesome Red Wing offshore bag. If you would like to be like Brian and win this awesome offshore bag, it's really simple. No purchase necessary. See a social site for rules and details. You go to redwingshoes.com forward slash podcast. That's redwingshoes.com forward slash podcast. Throw in your information there. And
1: we draw one lucky winner a week. And what's the rig count looking like, Jake? 1,007 rigs. There's a 0% change from the previous week. You know, like we've been, we've been seeing, things have definitely slowed down. Not necessarily a bad thing. It's to be expected. So everybody keep your heads up. Yeah, and,
0: and the weekly rig count is, is provided by drilling info. I just want to give them a little shout out because we keep forgetting to do that. And then we have events on deck. We have the ISA's Chili Cook Off. Let me tell you what that is, Jake. That is a bunch of process control companies coming out, setting up their their booths and pulling out their equipment. Nobody's selling anything to anybody. They just talk about stuff and they all make chili and they compete. And there's all the free beer you want, <laughs> all the free chili you want. And I'll it's a there. great Yeah, it's a great way if – well, all all of OGGN will be there. But it's a great way if you want to learn about process controls to do it in a hands-on environment. And they do it in some really cool ways. So they usually have armadillo racing. You don't really usually think of armadillo racing with oil and gas. Well, it happens here. They also will have typically the cheerleaders from the uh, Houston – Texans there. Um, so it's just a great, you know, kind of laid back blue jeans and boots event. We go every year. We love this. We actually shot some video we'll put out there, but it's free. So Jake will put a link in the show notes. And then that's November 10th. Hey, Jake, what else is November 10th?
1: Uh, Marine Corps birthday.
0: Very good. If you would have failed that one, I would have really been a fuss at you. I <laughs> think the Marine Corps, I think we're going to be 242 years old if I did the math right. So yeah, it's um, happy birthday, Marines. Then. And you know what, Jake? What's sad is I'm now getting to the age where I may be the guy that gets the second piece of cake. And, and if you're.
1: I, I'm, I'm 100% sure you would be.
0: <laughs> and if you don't know what we're talking about, go do some research.
1: You're the grand old man of the
0: Marine Corps. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, eight, November 14th the API luncheon. I uh, believe it's. We have some experts from Canada talk about the renaissance in Canadian oil because they actually have made that turn. So um, I'll be there if you if you want to go hit me up on Twitter I'll let you sit at my table make introductions be nice to meet you and then if you want to know about these events and more it's really simple I have a monthly newsletter that goes out that highlights all these events it's free put it in your inbox once a month Jacob put a link in the show notes for that as well and then if you're listening to the show if you're a new listener if you're an old listener you're part of the community you are the community help us. Share this podcast to help grow your community. Share us on Facebook, LinkedIn, any social platform you have. Talk to other people at work. But helping us share the show is helping grow the community that you're a part of, and we appreciate that help. We have to thank our on-the-road sponsors, Total Land, the world's most advanced field land management system, and Lee Heck Harrison, Global Experts in Talent Management. They are what make our road trips possible. For 2018, we're doing things slightly different, and we're actually looking for event sponsors, which is much cheaper than our on-the-road sponsors and and much more targeted. If your company wants exposure to our audience, reach out to me or Jake. we are happy to share details with that. And then we have First Friday Q&A. That's actually right around the corner, isn't it, Jake? (laughs) November's almost here. we got some good questions. If you want to ask a question, go to oilandgasthisweek.com, click ask a question. We'll give you a big shout out if we use your question on the air. And then we have two other podcasts. All I gas, HSN, all I gas industry leaders. Go check those shows out. And then Jake, I think I'm gonna break. Eh, I'm not gonna break the news yet. We have another podcast coming out very soon, sponsored by a company everybody's heard of. I'm not quite <laughs> ready to let that one go, um, but probably in the next week or so we'll let you know what's going on with that because this could be really cool. And then if you want to know about this stuff and other stuff, and you want to learn about it first, uh, go s- sign up and give us your email address. Uh, we won't spam you, so just go to alligassthisweek.com. Give me your email address. If you want to find out about it second. Go to the LinkedIn group. So uh, OGG and a LinkedIn is the sister to this show and all the other shows. Whew, that was a lot. Anything else I need to talk about?
1: Man, you covered it
0: all. Yeah. And by the way, listeners, we really have heard you about the quality of our audio. I believe we now have the solution in place. This show will be the first that our new uh, team member will be editing, who's going to be editing all the shows. He's a professional sound engineer. So it's taken out of the hands of me and Jake and actually Jake because I don't do any editing. And we now have somebody else that will hopefully give you really high quality audio quality every time for all the shows. So um, fingers crossed. I think this is going to work out, but we've heard you. We listened to you and we've, I know it took us a little while, but we have a solution. I guess it's time to get out of here. Ready, Jake? Let's do it. Let's get back to work. All right, folks, do great work, pay it forward, and we will see you next time. Tune in next week for another informative and entertaining episode of oil and gas. This week podcast, a product of the oil and gas global network. Learn more at oil